Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory completes his two-part series entitled, Be Strong in Grace. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Let's get right into this today. We're, we're going to do part two of, of being strong or be strong in grace. And we can't say everything we said last week because we really need to get to the new information for this week. So let's read our opening text in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, Paul is encouraging Timothy because of the times and the current distress that they're under. He says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus is so important, right? Because as long as we're in him, how many know we can be strong? Right? And so he didn't say be strong in faith. He's telling him to be strong in grace. Be strong in in knowing and understanding everything that Christ provided for you through his death, burial, and resurrection. So when you go through tough times, just know that God has already provided the answer that you need. He's already provided the job. Whatever it is, God has already solved that for you over 2,000 years ago. And Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in that. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, the Passion Translation is very appropriate as we honored our veterans today. He said, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free flowing grace. Be empowered and live your life empowered by that, which is your true strength. And notice it's found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. Remember that because we're going to develop that a little bit more. So that strength and that free flowing grace is found in Jesus and our union with him. How many of you know we're not going to be strong and we're not going to freely flow in his grace if we don't stay tight in our relationship with him? And so he goes on in verse 2, and all that you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, he said, pass that on to faithful faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregation the same revelation. He says, overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. Notice he didn't say overcome every evil as a soldier. He said, overcome every evil as a victorious soldier. Now, notice he's calling him victorious before he ever has to face anything. I'm telling you, you are victorious today. So you're waiting on something to happen. I'm telling you, you are victorious today. And how many of you know when you see yourself like that today, you can overcome whatever tomorrow brings to you, right? You don't wait till it happens and then begin to declare it. How I many know oh, you're, you're victorious yesterday, today, and forevermore because you're in Christ? He says here, faithful leaders, overcome every form of e- evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointing one. And every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Somebody put your arms around yourself and say, I'm chosen by God. Man, I don't know if you understand how good that feels. Come on, he might have bypassed you, but God didn't. Come on. She might have bypassed you, but God said, I need that person in my life. And notice the one that's in active duty is daily overcoming every force that tries to come against that relationship with God. That's active duty, right? Every day, anything that tries to detach me from Christ, I'm going at that. 
Because you want to learn how to live your life for an audience of one. Because how many know people will love you today and, and slap you tomorrow? But maybe this side of the room has lived a little bit longer. I said, how many know people will love you today and act like they don't know you, never seen you? You got to learn how to live your life to please one. And how I many you know when you are right with him, it really doesn't matter what else is going on out there. Come on, I need a real, I need a better amen in that. It's something about when I know that my life is right with God and I'm living my life to please him, then everyone that's in my life, right, I'm, I, I'm thankful for it. But if they choose to not be in my life, watch this, I'm thankful for it. You, you know why? Because I still have everything that I need. And I'm still, at the end of the day, living for that audience of one. Now, Paul is warning Timothy against apostasy. And we defined that last week. Uh, it's really two parts to the definition. Part A, a defection or revolt uh, is the formal, it is the formal disaffiliation from or abandonment of or renunciation of a religion by a person. So these are people who were once saved, and now they say, I, I'm, I don't do that anymore. Right, so they were saved in the church, but they renounced it altogether. And, it, and it's typically because pressure, distraction, something entered into their life that detached them from Christ. And then the second part of that, which happens to a lot of believers as well, it can also be defined within the broader context of embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. And we're seeing that all over the body of Christ today. So we're seeing our leaders stand up and say, that, that the church is evolving, but, but is God evolving? I understand you're evolving, but did God evolve from that truth, right? Because the last time I read, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So here at Linked Up Church, I'm not interested in evolving into an opinion contrary to the Word of God, just to appease a certain group of people. And I just need to be clear on that because people will need to make decisions down the stretch as to what type of environment that you want to be in. What I'm telling you, this one is not compromising. I wish I had 10 believers in here to back me. I, I said this one is not compromising. We will love everyone, but we will not compromise this truth. And that's what was happening to people. They moved away from their previous beliefs because people put a little pressure on them. And sometimes for money and, and, and attendance and other things, people will make those decisions. What I'm telling you is we don't have a price and we can't be bought. Period. And I can live with whatever results come from standing on the truth of God's word. And if that just leaves me with me, my wife, and my children, as long as I'm pleasing to God, I'm going to be all right. Can we just give God a real good hallelujah in this place, real good praise? All right, let's, let's move on down the road. Now, let's pick up where we left off. I'm going to go by everything else that we talked about. We left off uh, talking about what does, point number one, what does this grace that is in Christ do for us. You might remember letter A says it frees us from the guilt of sin. Do you remember when you used to sin and you just felt bad all the time, right? It, it really removes us and frees us from that guilt. We looked at letter B, we have victory over the power of sin. And that's the most 
uh, beautiful part about it. We don't have to just keep struggling with it every day. How many know he's given us freedom? The more truth we know in his word, the more freedom we'll have from sin. Then let's pick up with all new information from here. Letter C, he does this through the Holy Spirit. He does this through the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. And as I was studying this, this is just continuously setting me free. He does this through the Holy Spirit. You ever thought you knew something in the Word of God and then it just opens up to you further? That's really what this text did for me. I pray it does the same for you. He does this through the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read. We already read verse 1. Let's read verse 2. Uh, we're going to read verse 2 and then verses 12 through 14 out of the New King James Version. And notice what it says. It says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, the word law means a rule. It means a command, right? So we're really talking about the Word of God, right? So the Word of God or the truth of the Word of God, the spirit of life, life there is Zoe, and it's really life the way God intended it. So as long as I obey the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to empower me to live life the way God intended it and receive life the way, and that's a law. It's a command, right? Every time I obey God's word, how many know the Holy Spirit, because those two work together, the Holy Spirit is going to come in and energize me and then give me this capacity to walk in and receive and live in this life the way God created it to be. And that is what makes me free from the law of sin and death. It's, it's kind of like this. The, the more goodness God provides in my life, the less I want to do wrong. Do you all see that? So God is interested in every time you obey him, demonstrating to you through his spirit, his willingness to confirm your obedience and create life for you the way he intended it. Because he knows that's going to keep you free. Believe it or not, a lot of sin I I don't want any part of because I don't want to mess that law up working in my life. Stay with me now. I'm going to work with this a little bit. So so he says here, it it made me free from that. The the phrase or the two words made free means to liberate or quit or set free. Means to deliver. So how many know every single day in your life you'll see these two laws operating in your members? Anybody here willing to be honest? See, like yesterday, right? We went to eat. We had our Ride Connected group, and, and now I know I should not have been eating, but these, these, they're working together at the same time. I know what I was supposed to eat versus what I shouldn't have eaten. And how many of you know I even feel it today? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? So much so I told, I said, don't have them cook anything for me today because I got to reverse yesterday today. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Now, that was a choice. I chose in that moment to obey my flesh. But it wasn't like I wasn't weighing both of them at the same time. Everybody clear? Everybody still with me out here? How many know that right there, what I just described, goes on all day, every day? 
So watch what he says here. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if it's a law, that means it works every time. It makes me free from the law of sin and death. Drop down to verse 12. He says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. We don't owe this flesh or carnal thinking anything to live according to our fleshly carnal thinking. Watch this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now, let's use the example that I just used. If I keep eating and going down that path, I'm going to cut my life short. That's why I'm using myself. Now, how many of you know I can't pray that away because I'm making that decision? I've got to obey God so a different law can start working in my life. So, so what I'm trying, what he's trying to train us to do is think about every decision we make and the consequences that come along with it. So every time I obey the word, the law of life flows. Every time I disobey, the law of sin and death flows. You all see that? And so all I want to do is get to a place, and what happens is the way God helps us with this, he blesses us every time we obey. And that should cause us to think about obeying him more than anything that's going to take us away from him. Everybody clear on that? All right, so if you want more of his life in your life, just obey him more. And remember, it's a law, so it is going to work every time. For if we live, verse 13, according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. But notice how you put to death the deeds of the body is by the Spirit. Well, you got to ask yourself, is the Spirit just going to come on you and tell you to stop doing things? No. You got to find what the Word of God says about what you're doing. Hello, choose to obey that, and the Spirit will come in and empower you to live it. And, and so you got to start thinking about your life this way. Let's keep reading. Verse 14 says, for, let's read the rest of that. Uh, flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you do put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Then notice what he said. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children or sons of God. So once again, how, do, how am I led by the Spirit of God? I've got to be led by the Word of God. What I'm telling you is don't trust voices. A lot of people saying the Spirit told them to do a whole lot of stuff that did not turn out the way. Come on, somebody. But they said the Lord, the Spirit led me to do that. So all I'm telling you is I'm really cautioning you. If you didn't get it from the word first, slow down. And if you believe the Spirit is leading you to do something, go back to the word and see if you can confirm it. And I want you to accept this truth because if God told you to do it, it's going to work. The Holy Spirit led you to do it. It's going to produce more of his life in your life. Everybody still with me out there? So if you're anything like me, I got to kill it every day. Because my body wakes up unsaved. 
it wakes up immediately thinking opposite. My body wakes up, what can we get into today that's opposite of that other stuff you've been doing? Anybody else in here willing to be honest? Come on online, look, look me right in my eye. Look at me in my eye. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody in here willing to be honest? My body wakes me up every day. And then I notice it'll let me go pray and do a little some things, right? And then say, come on back on over here now. Let me throw some of these other thoughts in your head, right? Just like yesterday, I had like 100% intention on eating clean all day long. Sat down, got in front of a menu, prepared what I was going to eat. Then my wife ordered something different. <laughs> Don't blame her. Don't blame her. I got the mic right now. She'll get me back when she's up here. Then my wife said, I said, what you getting, babe? She said, I think I'm going to get this one. So watch this. I'm prepared. Can I just be honest and transparent for a moment? I'm prepared to order clean. So she, the, the waitress took her order first. And this is what I said. See, because that stuff going on all at the same time. This is what I said. Give me the same thing she just said. Come on, come on, anybody in here, come on, anybody willing to be honest? And it's in these little things, right, that, that add up the big things over the course of a day that either ruin our days or give life to our days. Somebody in here say the struggle is real. Come on, am I right about it? The struggle is real, man. And so, so this is what you want to do, and I'm going to move on. What you want to do is start trying to stack days, right? So let's just say you did wrong in a particular area of your life six days a week. Next week, shoot for five. Because how many you know, look, some progress is better than no progress. And you just keep working at that. The next week, shoot for four, right, right? Like cussing, right? I used to say, if I could just get through one day. Come on, come on, don't leave me out here. Just let me, one day. And that was the toughest thing in the world to do back then. Just get through one day without letting one fly out. I remember the first day I got through the whole day. I celebrated that thing, boy. I didn't cuss at all that day, right? And then you just keep working, keep working, keep working till eventually you work it right out of your life. That's all God is asking for. Now, letter D, be fruitful in life. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him you are a fruit-producing machine. Look at the neighbor on the other side. You are so productive in this life. Now, let's read why. Let's read why. Letter D, John 15, 4 and 5 says this. Abide in me and I in you. See, abide means to continue, stay remain, live, settle down in. So he said, if you do that in me, I'll do that in you. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Then he clears it all up and defines all of that for us. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who continues, stays, remains, and lives and settles down in me. Settle down 
uh, settles down in me, and I in him, watch this, produces much fruit. Remember I told you to pay attention to that phrase earlier today? So the more you stay attached and in union with Christ, the more fruit you're going to produce in your life. And you'll see a correlation between you stacking those days and your life growing in him and more fruit production, more opportunities, better jobs. Come on, somebody. Healing flowing in my body. Come on, somebody. Relationships being stored because the, the, the closer I get to him, the more his life begins to manifest in mine. Everybody clear on that? And that's what he's after, right? Coming to church is great, but what you do when you leave church is greater. Now, letter E. We, have, we can have abundance for every good work by his grace. Let me show you how this works. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8 says, But this I say, New King James Version, He who sows sparingly or stingily will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also harvest bountifully. So let each one give, watch this, this is a key point here, as he purposed in his heart. Now, I want to just really release a a quick revelation. You already purposed in your heart what you were going to give before you ever got to church. And how many know ain't nobody breaking that? I ain't giving nothing today. I ain't nothing. I'm not giving nothing today. (laughs) Others are saying, I can't wait to get there and share the abundance that God's blessed me with. Some wake up and say, nobody ever done anything for me. I'm not doing nothing for nobody else. Others wake up and say, people have done so much for me. God, who do you want me to bless today? Do you all understand? And so that's something that you have to change in your heart, right? So, 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 so notice being stingy is a condition of the heart. Being bountiful is a condition of the heart, right? So, so when I see myself that way, don't look at external circumstances. Say, what's going on in my heart that I'm reacting and responding that way? Okay, let's keep reading. You still with me online? I can't see you, so type in. We're still with you, Pastor. All right, let's keep reading here. This is so good. So let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Anytime you hear a pastor saying, that's why your house is busted up, because you don't give. That's what, don't give there. Anytime somebody pressuring you and saying that your life is all, that's because you, you don't give. Put it back in your pocket. That's not the right environment to give in, right? Or of necessity when they get up and we need, we need, we need, we need, we need. I mean, oh, God's not in that. I'm just giving you things to pay attention to as you go on your travels throughout life, right? So don't give right here. Not, don't do it grudgingly. Oh, man, I'm going to do, do something. That's not going to benefit you anything. Just keep that right in your pocket. Even when you give to other people, don't give that way. Make a big deal out of it. Act like you've been waiting all day to do it. 
or of necessity. Why? Watch this. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Now, when you're a cheerful giver, look at verse 8. And God is able. How many know we can go home right there? Come on. Somebody say, God is able. Come on. Type it in. God is able. Listen. Able to do whatever you need him to do. God is able to make, watch this, all grace super abound towards you so that you, having all sufficient, you are self-sufficient in all things. Your bills are paid. Come on, somebody. You can be a better giver. I mean, you can be a better giver when all your bills are paid. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, don't look at me like that. I mean, you can give better when you are self-sufficient. Your car is paid for. Your house is paid for. Come on, your bills are paid off. Come on, you, you can be a better giver. So notice, the first person who benefits from giving generously is you. God says, so I can make you self-sufficient. You can't be a big giver if you're not self-sufficient. So I'm trying to show you, God is really about you first and then other people. First thing he said here, so that, so that I'll make all grace abound towards you. Why, God? So that you can be all sufficient, self-sufficient. That's God's will for your life, to own it. Come on, somebody. He doesn't want you making payments for the rest of your life. He wants you paying stuff off and enjoying life and going on vacations and blessing other people. That's his will for your life. Somebody say it by faith. Say, God wants me to be self-sufficient. Do you believe that today? Come on, do you believe that today? Your giving has everything to do with that. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you will always, always means that every season and moment of your life, you will be self-sufficient. In all things, so that you can have abundance for every good work. See, see, it's not abundance for every good work first. It's abundance for you first. God wants to be abundant to you so that he can teach you how to be abundant to other people. What's your GPA, young fella? Polo, what's your GPA? 4.3? Come get this $100, man. Keep working hard, boy. Come on, that's 4.3. Come on, get that 4.3 a big round of applause. Now, you, you might have saw something go. I didn't see anything go. I see what's coming. So y'all missed that right there. So somebody, that just flew right over your head. See, somebody, some of you all are only thinking about what you have and not thinking about what's coming. And if you don't let go of what you have, letter F, let's keep going. We should serve people with our Listen to this, with our gifts as good stewards of the grace of God. Now, there's enough gifting in this room, graces, anointings, 
to take over the entire city of Powder Springs. If Powder Springs has a need, there's a grace in this building to meet it. There's some talented people in this church. Don't look away. I'm talking to you. There's some talented people watching this service online. I'm talking about, there's some gifted folks in here. Now watch this. How many of y'all say, that's me? Now, why wouldn't you say that about yourself? Somebody didn't say something. Somebody say, I'm gifted. I'm graced. I'm anointed. There's something on me to do great things for myself and other people. It really is. Whether you've tapped into it or not is, is another issue. So, 1 Peter 4.10 says this, as each one has received a gift. So there's not one individual that God has not gifted. The word gift is charisma, and it's a spiritual endowment. Watch this, or a qualification. Everyone in here is qualified to do something. I'm thinking big, folks. I'm trying to tell you, I, I see a day where nobody can be hungry and live in the city of Powder Springs. Man, I'm thinking big, folks. I'm thinking big. I'm telling you, I, I've seen, I'm, I'm seeing a day, man, where you can't even get through. You can't get to hell through Powder Springs. You try, but as soon as you enter that city, they start preaching to you, man. They started ministering to you. Come on. They started blessing you. They started helping you. They started helping you get your life together. Man, I, I see I see I, I, I don't see people homeless. Not in this city. I don't see people without clothes and basic needs. Not in this city. Not with all this gifting in this church. This church is loaded. I'm speaking by faith. We always have more than what we need. Come on, people thinking right now how to get bigger buildings to us and, and more land. Come on, so, we, so that we can help more people. Watch this now. But then he gives some instructions. So everybody's received some level of spiritual endowment qualification. But he says, minister it to one another. Now, I'm going to challenge this church. The world is not supposed to get the best of you. I might come down on this floor now if you don't, if you don't respond to this. The world is not supposed to get the best of you. And I'm getting ready to tell you why. Because the world didn't put that endowment on. See, if you're smart, it's because God graced you to be smart. Hello, somebody. And we can't spend all of our time building their kingdom. And we use none of that endowment to build his kingdom. Come on, somebody celebrate God for, for a moment. Which means every member of his body should be using that grace to serve each other. 
not sitting down and just coming to church. And then go build the world all week long. And too tired for the one that gave you the grace to do it in the first place. Don't have time for the one that gave you the grace to do it. Too busy for the one that gave you the grace to do it anyway. That's what he's telling Timothy. He's saying be strong in, in this grace. See, the way to be strong is, is to continue to use it to build his kingdom and serve his people. It says it's good stewards, see, managers of the manifold. That means diversities of the grace of God. See, you can't do what I do, but I can't do what you do, right? And so instead of sitting out there complaining about what we don't have and what we need, the reason you're complaining is because you can actually meet that need. That's why you see it that way. I don't see it that way because I don't have your grace. But you sit out there week after week and say, we need this, we need this. That's you. We can't fill it without you. So the body doesn't get the diversity of expression and all of God's grace expressed to the world because we sit on it and we only give it to the world. You all still glad you came to church today? All right, I'm going to speed this up because I'm running out of time. God wants to, he's saying be strong in this because he wants to give you hope for a glorious future. Anybody have any sunglasses in here right now? Sunglasses. If you have sunglasses in your purse, put them on right now. And then after you put them on, stand up. Then I'll tell you why I had you put them on. The reason I had you put those sunglasses on Because your future is so bright. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Now, all of a sudden, everybody else got sunglasses. See, you're too late now. That was for the ones who stood up first. Now, everybody's standing up, flossing, right? Somebody say, "I've I've got a bright future. Do you believe that today? God's giving you a bright future. I'm telling you. Come on, someone say it to yourself. Say, I have a bright future. And I don't care what your age is. It is not over yet. Come on, somebody. The colonel didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was 75 years old. Come on, it is never too late to be great in this life. Never too late. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17 says, Now may the Lord, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, And our God and Father who loved us and has given us an everlasting consolation, that word consolation means comfort, and a good hope by grace. He says he'll comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. See, something about when you stay strong in his grace, he's going to establish you in everything that you say and everything that you do. And people are going to recognize that God is backing what you say and God is backing what you do. Come on, somebody. Come on. They're going to say only God could have done something like that. I know you. We grew up together. I know you are not that smart. I know you are not that whatever. But how many know when God is backing everything that you say and God is backing everything that you do, 
You don't have to be that smart because he's that smart. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be that good because he's that good. And I'm telling you, as long as you stay in union with him, you're going to be productive. You're going to produce fruit. And you've got a bright future. Go ahead and thank God for the bright future that he's given you. Come on, somebody. Come on, you are not where you're going. Come on, somebody, you are today. Don't look at today. I'm telling you, tomorrow has something great for you. If you'll just stay in union. I'm going to go by. Let's go to point number two here. There's a lot of other things I could have said. Be strong in his grace. How do you be strong in his grace? I got to move fast, so I'm not going to get everything in. Letter A, you've got to obey his word. Of course, we've been saying that, right? If you remain in obedience to his word, how many know you're going to stay strong in his grace? It's what we've been reading, right? Look at John 14, 21. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation down to verse 23. He says, those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Now, we don't get to define love. God does. Right? See, see, I don't, watch this now. I don't get to define how my wife receives love. She does. So she has to tell me how to love her and vice versa. I, I, she doesn't get to define love for me. See, I have to tell her what love for me looks like. Now, how many of you know that's a lifelong journey of both of us trying to be that for each other? See, don't look at me like that, Mary, folks. I'll call you out in this service right now. I'll call you out. How I many know that's a lifelong journey right there, right? Sometimes we get that right. And let's just be honest. Just sometimes I don't even feel like doing that. Anybody here willing to be honest and vice versa, right? Sometimes your flesh just get the best of you, right? I know she want me to do that. I don't feel like doing it. Today. Help us, Lord. Yeah, right. The, the key, and he will, he'll help us. And so the key is that I, I don't have, I have more days where I want to than days that I don't want to. So on the days that I don't want to, we give each other a pass because we've actually done it more for each other than not. But how I many know nobody's never going to be perfect? What we want to be is consistent. And what's your other word, babe? committed. So the other day she gave me, and I want to say this real quick, she gave me one of them uh, honey-do lists. She texts me. Any husbands in here know what I'm talking about? Paint the mailbox. Clean out the garage. Paint the front porch. Clear off your desk. Purge your closet. Now watch this. It was all done within 48 hours. Three days, three days. That's painting the front porch, painting the mailbox, and I went the extra mile, putting new numbers on the mailbox. Now, now if she's smart, and she is, how many of y'all know I was doing that for some other reasons too? Come on, fellas, don't leave me out here by myself. I did see a reward on the other side of that. I'm like, baby, look at all this paint on my hands. I was out there working. 
I'll just leave that right there. Obedience to his word. So he defined love this way. He defined the way to love him as by obeying his commands. You all see that? He said, that's how you love him. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my father. So he defines passionate love by obeying his commands. He says, and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest, reveal my life within you. You see that? Everything we've been talking about, right? He said, you obey that, then I'm going to reveal my life in you. Let's keep reading. Then one of his disciples named Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says, Lord, why is it that you will only reveal your identity to us and not to everyone else? Jesus replied, watch this now, loving me empowers you to obey my word. Now, you missed what he just said right there. A lot of people are trying to obey his word without loving him. He didn't say obey my word first. What he's saying is when you love me, that'll empower you to obey my word. Then look what he promises. And my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. I don't know about you, but if God and Jesus is, is with me, I don't really see how I can be sick. Come on, if they're living with me, I don't see how I can be broke. Come on, somebody. Come on, if they're living with me, whatever's wrong in my life is getting ready to be made right. Watch this, and I'm going to help you successful people out there. When he's living with me, I might be here right now, but he's getting ready to take me. I'm y'all ready to go to your next level. Then love him so deeply that it empowers you to obey his word. See, where you start saying, I love him so much, I can't do that because it'll hurt him too much. See how this works? I love him so much that if I do that, it'll disappoint him too much. I can't be out there in that kind of environment because I love him too much and it'll make him look bad if I they know, they know what I declared. They know what I said I live. See how this works? See, so when I'm away from her, I think about what my actions project on her. And if I'm loving her right, I'm not going to do something when I'm away from her that's going to bring embarrassment to her. Everybody clear? So that means I'm conscious. I'm thinking about Everywhere I'm at, what I'm doing, and how does that look to other people? Because I'm a married man. And I love her so much that I don't want to embarrass her. Or her to walk in somewhere and people looking at her like she a fool. Because of the actions of, of her stupid husband. So if I truly love her, I'm not going to do that to her. You all see how this works? Okay, I'm just going to, and last one, maintain a, well, two more, real quick. Maintain a consistent prayer life. I think that's self-explanatory, right? If you pray every single day, how many know you're going to be strong in his grace? All right? And and so one of those reads this way, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, make your life a prayer. King James Version says, pray without ceasing. 
was just simply saying is talk to God all day about everything. And that's going to keep you strong in that grace. And then number three, build community with other believers. How many of y'all know we need each other? Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, the New King James Version says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Watch this. So, so what is the solution to that? But exhort one another daily while it is called today. So if people don't have other people encouraging them, I mean, a root of bitterness can creep in. You know what we hear all the time? Nobody's called me. I haven't heard from the church. I haven't been there, and nobody's reached out to me. I mean, I'm one person responsible for thousands. I don't know who's here every week and who's not, but you do. So he says, while it's called today, we need to be encouraging each other, lest any of you will be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So, so notice, when we don't have encouragement, people get off. Hearts get hard, and then they go back out there into the world. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Now, the best way to serve other people here at Linked Up Church is through our dream teams. The best way to build community is through our connect groups. See, we went on a ride yesterday, and there's no question about that. Those are some of the closest people to me. Because we spend hours together. Is that right, Sean? We spend hours together riding and eating. <laughs> I'm sorry, hours riding and then we eat. Not hours eating. <laughs> but, but we always go somewhere to eat after a good long ride. Ain't that right, Gail? Right? And see, I know all their names because we spend time together. We're building community. I'll be with the staff tonight. We're going to watch the Sunday night football game. Just the guys. We're getting to know each other, man. We're building community. That doesn't happen on Sunday morning. See, who are you spending time with away from church? See, so if I obey the word of God, I pray every day, and I build community, I am going to stay strong in his grace. Let's all stand to our feet. And I'm going to use the conclusion uh, as my altar call today. Let's just all lift our hands and begin to worship the Father. Go ahead and begin to worship him right where you're at. And the conclusion today, it describes this wonderful grace of God. But yet he cautions us in a couple of areas. To never take his grace for granted is the first area. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2 says, Now, since we are God's co-workers, we beg you not to take God's miraculous grace for granted, allowing it to have no effect on your lives. For he says, I listened to you at a time of my favor. And the day when you needed salvation, I came to your aid. So can't you see, now is the time to respond to his favor. Now is the day of salvation. You hear what he's saying here? There's people out here listening to me right now, and he's telling you, don't take his grace for granted. He's saying the day that you needed him the most, he left heaven, came to earth, died, come on, beaten a horrible death, hung on a cross, was raised from the grave so that you could have this opportunity today. 
to be close to him, to live in union with him, and live your life the way God designed it to be lived. Don't take this grace for granted. The second thing in the conclusion was don't miss this revelation of God's grace. Hebrews 12, 15, the Passion Translation says, watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. So many of you all bring people and you've been praying for people. And the Scripture is encouraging us that whatever bitterness, whatever is keeping them from, from coming to God, let's be an encouragement to them. Let's tell them, hey, don't miss this revelation of God's grace. God's trying to get you out of that and get you over into something that is so good for you. He's trying to give you the life that you've always dreamed about, and it's not too late to live it. So to ensure that we benefit from the riches of this grace that is in Christ, we must be strong through obedience to his word. We must have a consistent prayer life. We have to build community with other believers. So I challenge everyone online and in the room today to be diligent in your efforts to be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or Text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.